welcome to episode 336 of Retro Encounter RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of Many Topics. I'm Mike Solosi, and this weekly topic is Tales of Exilia, that 2011, I think, PS3 RPG from Namco Tales Studio. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of Exilia, or Zilia, or Achillia, or whatever, however you're supposed to pronounce it. But uh, let's talk, talk to some people whose names I can pronounce, starting with Zach Wilkerson. Hello. And Audra Bolin. Hiya. Zach and Audra, uh, we've done a couple Tales of episodes here on Retro Encounter. We did some on Tales of Vesperia in 2018? No, no, 2019, I think. And we did a couple on Tales of the Abyss in 2016, I think. I'd have to go back and double-check the the catalog to see how accurate those are. But uh, I've been a Tales of fan for a long time. And, uh, but Tales of Exilia is not one that I've finished yet, so this is, uh, you know, checking off a, uh, a a box on my backlog. But before I talk about my background with Tales, uh, let's talk about your backgrounds with Tales of Tales of Namco in general and Tales of Exilia in particular. Uh, starting with you, Zach, who uh, got a little ahead of yourself on <laughs> this playthrough. That's true. Um, for reasons that I don't need to go into, I was worried that I would have trouble finishing. So I have already finished Tales of Exilia, but it is my first time playing it. Um, and I'm I'm not really a Tales veteran, but I've played a fair number of them at this point, I guess. Um, so I played Tales of Fantasia on emulator. I don't know, like a lot of people did probably back in like, I don't know, 2003 or something. Um, and then I didn't play a Tales of game for years and years and years and years. Um, and then when Berseria came out, it was getting really great reviews. And I was like, all right. I played Berseria. I loved it. The story of that game was phenomenal. Um, and I've dabbled a little bit in Vesperia, but then I've just beaten pretty recently uh, the most recently released one, Tales of Arise, which I liked a lot overall. The combat there was amazing. Um, and this is my first foray into Zillia. So this is my fourth one that I've beaten and kind of my fifth one that I've played a good portion of. All right. And uh, Audra, same question. I am a total Tales noob. This is actually Zillia's my first Tales of game. And so far, I've really enjoyed it. I actually, um, a friend had recommended playing it as one of the first Tales of games. So I decided I would give it a go. And that is pretty much my history of Tales. All right. Well, if you uh, are still Tales curious after you finish Exilia, then you have plenty to go back to. Because mm-hmm. I think uh, Tales of Exilia is the 13th Tales of series, not counting spinoffs. And they have released another five or six since then. So uh, it's a series that has a, a, a very large backlog to go into. And I've been a Tales of fan for a while, uh, similar to Zach, around 20 years ago, I think probably in 02 or 03, I played the famous um, Tales of Fantasia translation that was that, that took a little bit of a... <laughs> that, that took some liberties with the translation, and they added some sexual language and profanity that I wasn't sure was there before. Uh, but, that, but I liked it so much. Uh, playing in again on a translated emulator on a on a PC that I went and looked, sought out other Tales games and bought copies of Tales of Destiny and Tales of Eternia, but I thought that Tales of Eternia was Tales of Destiny two because that's what they called it in North America for many many years because Eternia is also the name of the land of the He Man universe so Mattel had a trademark in on the name Eternia but only in North America <laughs> so Tales of Eternia so it's Tales of Eternia in Japan and Europe and Tales of Destiny two in North America that's a weird one. Um, and then, but then after that, uh, in the two thousands, maybe not right when they came out, but I eventually got to Tales of Symphonia, Tales of the Abyss, Tales of Legendia. Uh, I, I, I never finished at Destiny, but I did beat Eternia. And, uh, most recently 
I uh, I also played Tales of Arise. Um, uh, la- I finished it last year, uh, right near the end of the year, and uh, had a great time with it uh, af- after not playing a new Tales game in a while. So I was excited to get back to Tales of Exilia uh, now. I, I bought Tales of Exilia right when it came out. I even have some pre-order DLC that is still on my PS3. So if you if I want to, I can uh, maybe this is on your copies as well. Uh, you can dress uh, Jude. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you, you can just Jude as Cress from Tales of Fantasia and dress Mila as Stan from Tales of Destiny. And if you have their costumes on, it plays the theme, the battle theme from their respective games. When you, it's uh, very cool. Yes, battle, which, <laughs> which is which is neat. So like I I got Tales of Exilia around when it came out, and I had a friend living in town with me, and we did a two player run of it pretty far. Uh, and I think I am just past where we stopped that two player run. It was probably only around six hours in. I've been very very distracted by Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak, and other games in uh, in July. And I'm sorry, but I, I will try to finish tales of exilia before the next recording so uh, but unfortunately that friend moved away for a job and uh i just sort of abandoned that playthrough even though i was enjoying tales of exilia because i i kept saying oh well, when he's back in town we'll get back to it and left it alone and it, it went forgotten so um but I, I am i am around where we stopped playing in uh probably right around 10 years ago so uh, uh and i started a fresh playthrough and i'm having a great time this is th- so far uh, f- for me, as someone who's played a lot of Tales games and finished seven of them, uh, this feels like one of the good ones. The movement is snappy. They, v- the special tricks in combat that make this one unique to the other ones uh, feel pretty good. I like controlling Jude and Mila and uh, the rest of the characters not quite as much. But before we get into gameplay nitty gritty, uh, I want to talk about what makes this a bit a bit of a unique first Tales games of of sort sorts. Uh, you'll see what I mean in a second. Before Tales of Exilia. Uh, Tales of Studios was divided into two groups. They would usually be working on two games at a time, and uh, at one case, in one case, three games at a time, where there's three uh, PS2 Tales games released within a year of each other. But uh, they would usually work on two games at a time with a different character designer on each one. So dating all the way back to Fantasia, every uh, game was either a Mutsumi Inamata game or a Kosuke Fujishima game. And uh, Fujishima did, I hope I'm getting these right, Fantasia... Symphonia, Abyss, and Vesperia. Well, Inomata did Destiny, Eternia, uh, Destiny Two, Rebirth, and Graces. While uh, Tales of Legendia was a was a third group, but so, but so for a while it was always um, the character designs were one of those two, and it was a different team working on uh, a different Tales game. But in uh, for Exilia, they united the two studios into a single Tales of studio, and three of the main characters in Exilia are designed by Fujishima and three, the other three are designed by Inomata. Um, Jude, I believe it's Jude, Elise and, uh, Leia, the character I haven't met yet are all Inomata while, uh, Mila, Alvin and Rowan were designed by Fujishima. So like, I, unfortunately I just looked it up and it's, uh, Jude, Alvin and Elise are Fujishima. Oh, and Mila, Rowan and Leia are Inomata. Oh, I mixed them up. Oh, I feel bad about that. But uh, but, but like, like, Tales had always been one of two designers, and this is the first game that united the two. Since then, they have all uh, uh, Tales of Studio has been a one game studio, and I not I don't think the two designers work on every single character and or divide them like in Zillia. But this was sort of the first game that combined the different Tales groups together. May, must have made a mistake on my notes. 
I like the character designs here. They're cool. <laughs> no, they, they, are, they are cool. And, um, and Exilian does things. Um, there's a lot of like zoom. They zoom into characters' faces more. There's a, a lot mm -hmm. more dynamic camera during cutscenes compared to the, the previous two Tales games, which were um, Grace's and uh, Vesperia. Vesperia was a 360 game and Grace's was a Wii game. But uh, Grace's eventually got a, a PS3 port called Grace's F. Uh, so like compared to those, Tales of Exilia has bigger and more detailed character models with a dynamic camera going into people's faces and and uh, and doing weird panning during cutscenes. So I think that maybe starting with Exilia, they put a lot of effort into character models and uh, but also made the uh, made the gameplay spaces a little bit more open and empty compared to the denser dungeons in Vesperia. Mm -hmm. So uh, I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, to me, it felt like because um, I, I played enough of Vesperia to kind of get a feel for it, but I felt like there was like a little tiny bit, and I hate to always come back to Xenoblade, but a little bit of influence from them here um, in terms of the spaces um, and like the exploration elements of them. They really lean into that in Arise, interestingly, but I, I felt that a little bit here. I mean, maybe, uh, but uh, Exilia came out only a year after Xenoblade did. That's true. So it's, a, true. it's could, a 2010 versus 2011. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, I think it, it it might be just a more general trend in uh, in mm -hmm. in game design there. Uh, like I, I don't know. Uh, we make we make fun of Ubisoft for making empty games with uh, full of uh, full of quest markers to go to. And I mean, Assassin's Creed was 2007. I don't. I don't. That maybe that means something. Maybe that means nothing. But there yeah. was a there was a trend of Tales of games having sort of more elaborate dungeons and um and narrower spaces in the uh, in the tw in the 2000s and open spaces and sort of less elaborate dungeons in the 2010s and i think Exilia was a uh, or Exilia was a turning point for that mm -hmm. i mean it, it, it's funny because i i'm going through like burst area like the dungeons here are much better um like i feel like there they let they lean too much into that and it's like they're very empty and they're all samey whereas here i felt like it was Sort of a, a nice blend of those two ideas to me. I like the dungeons in this game. Yeah, the dungeon designs are pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I generally like like them as well. Uh, and and I just think that um, they do a pretty good job with tone in Tales of Exilia. Like like the uh, that that beach area in between um, uh, the, the 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 Sea Haven and. Uh, and and Niakara is actually a, a weirdly relaxing, serene dungeon, <laughs> and um, the, the place where I am now, uh, uh, Bermia Gorge, is a it, it, like feels more like a dungeon than a lot of spaces in Arise or Berseria did. I, I haven't beaten Tales of Berseria, but I, I did play through more than half of it a couple of years ago, uh, and but but it, that's just a general trend here. A, a lot of people that started with Abyss or Symphonia, which I think are maybe still the two most popular games among western fans like like they miss the days of um elemental temples full of puzzles and things of that nature and and those aren't there the same way in the tales games of the 2010s no not really <laughs> yeah i can't think of any real puzzle mechanics um in these i mean there's one where you have to hit rocks a bunch um that sort oh, of yeah, felt like the... a little bit like but the, the, really there's like there's not even really a lot of gimmicks in them um once or twice but for the most part it's very straightforward even through the end of the game yeah it's kind of like you cry climb or crawl at certain points yeah, yeah mostly you're it. just navigating a a, a a dungeon map that has some dead ends and some treasure without uh without anything too fancy and a lot of older tales games even have a mechanic where you have to 
you know, use items like, oh, oh, here's a little ring that shoots fire and, and you can change it to a ring that shoots an electric bolt to power up machines. And there's, there's, there's way fewer things like that in Exilia. I, I think they focused way more on models and environments and less on making a really, uh, making really dense spaces. Uh, compared to previous games, and also like the like the Sea Haven outside of Neakera and the Sea Haven outside of Sheraton are like the same layout. But like whenever the, that is true throughout, yeah, yeah. Like whenever every single Sea Haven yeah. looks exactly the same. Whenever you go to a new port city, which are called Sea Havens, they are they are identical with maybe different colored sky or buildings or something. So like like, like things like that. I, I'm I would never say the word lazy, but they reuse assets and are very and and are clearly putting more effort into parts of the game than other parts. I mean, I feel like at this point in like sort of JRPG development, um, like things slowed down a lot, partially because like developers struggled with the develop in HD, Japanese developers in particular. Yeah. And so like given the speed at which Tales games came out, like I can see how they probably made that part of their development process just to keep that speed up. Um, I don't think this was the first HD Tales of game. I, uh, was it? Well, I'm not sure if it was the. I, I don't think it was. But my point is just that, like that is like in Berseria too. Like just thinking about like that sort of that era. If I'm thinking about Zillia to Berseria, um, just thinking about how samey so much of it is, um, and I don't really have a problem with it because it allows it to sort of focus on what Tales games do well, which is characters and story and things like that, and con- um, and combat, which we are definitely going to talk yeah, about. Indeed. Oh yes, combat. Um, so I guess my point is that like. A lot of Japanese developers at the time like just could not get stuff out quickly enough, um, and to me that's be part of it. I, I'm not sure if HD is really the turning point, but there was a, a at least some at, at least a specific time where uh, they they had to have games that looked like modern games. So they so so budgets increased dramatically for things like environments and char- and characters, and uh, and this happened to probably every studio. But uh, you could tell that in starting, maybe starting with Tales of Exilia, maybe starting a little earlier, they uh, a lot of the budget goes into making the game and characters look good and the characters animate well, and less of the budget goes into uh, goes into um, like environment assets. So they have to do things like reuse assets for these sea havens or for the grassy areas in between towns, where again they they look a, a lot of the. They look very, very similar, <laughs> except you know maybe this uh, maybe this one in a colder climate has uh, has autumn trees instead of summer trees or <laughs> some, some, yep. or, or things yeah. like that. But uh, but but yeah, like I think this is at, at least a blip in the timeline of developers having to make concessions or uh, or or make choices for uh, like what parts of game development to focus on and and just comparing Exilia to uh even Vesperia which was 4 years earlier uh is is very very noticeable. Um Graces it's harder cuz I I have never played the Wii version of Graces. I've only played a little bit of the PS3 version and that's uh that's you know probably a different bag of tricks. But maybe we should talk about uh the game itself a little bit. Um a- again because this was this game was marketed as sort of the the union of the Tales Studios and the the first ga- uh, Tales game of a new era. Uh, they let you choose between the two main uh, between two main characters with uh, uh, Jude and Mila, and right at the beginning of the game, you choose one. Um, you play through the whole the same story as either character, but cutscenes will be different. Like uh, like uh, you know, um, 
maybe during one story segment, Jude will go into room a room and talk to say uh, Elise, while Mila will go into the other room and talk to Alvin, and you'll only see one of those cutscenes. Uh, it, it's there are story and dialogue differences in these Tales games, depending on whether you choose uh, Jude or Mila. But gameplay-wise, nothing really changes. Um, Jude and Mila are together for the entire game that I've played through, probably the majority of the game going forward. Uh, Zach, you can tell us if there's a large separation point, because Tales games are known to have people come and go. There are a few times where you separate out, and then you would follow, <clears throat> at least from what I've read, you would follow Mila along her path and sort of see the story from her perspective over here, or Jude over here. Um, late in the game, there's a pretty large section where um, the two of them are separated, and I think the story beats are pretty different between the two of them. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Um, that that's the I, I was sort of expecting more of that than what I experienced so far. Audrey, you're a little farther than I am, but you haven't finished the game yet. Have you gone through a uh, uh, who did you pick for your main character? And you have you gone through a large solo section yet? I picked Mila for my main character, and I did go through a section where she becomes unavailable for a time, and you play as Jude then. But she's still there. For there's plot reasons why she's not okay, involved. Okay, yeah, she's. Uh, I, I'm going to assume she's. Uh, she's either captured or incapacitated, and then you take over as Jude. Yes. Sure. And then um, before that, there's one scene where it seems like they switch from a Jude scene really quickly to a Mila scene, and then you control Mila where you run through the fort to try to, I guess, in the end, you reunite with the party. Yeah, it's two different paths in that fort as well, if I'm not mistaken. I'm guessing the beginning's different too, right? Like you start controlling Mila at the beginning, right? I did Jude, yeah, yeah. so, okay. Yeah, I think you play as her right when you meet Jude. Okay. So I don't know if that's different or... Uh, there's a, a tiny bit of exploring the first town as Jude. You, uh, you go to a clinic and see some patients just to communicate that, oh yeah, he is a medical student, but he is an advanced medical student that is able to take care of patients. He's friends with... One of with one or more of the professors, uh, etc. I, I I am playing Jude right now, but uh, when I tried to play through ten years ago, I did go with Mila, so I, I I remember some of the differences between their paths. But it was a long time ago, so I'm not going to rely on those memories. But uh, th that's the gist of it. Um, Jude is in a town called Fenmont, where he's a medical student, and Mila is a mysterious woman with frankly gravity defying hair, that uh <laughs> that appears out of nowhere claiming to be Maxwell, or at least an incarnation of Maxwell. Uh, Maxwell is, is the Lord of Elemental Spirits. He was a summon way back in the day in Tales of Fantasia in 1995, or 96 was Tales of Fantasia? I forget. I'd have to look that up. Um, but, uh, and uh, she is on a quest to destroy a Spyrex, which is, I, it, it seems like, a weapon of mass destruction of sorts that uses huge amounts of mana to power it. And uh, calling back to Tales of Fantasia and many other Tales games, frankly, um, essentially every Tales game has elemental spirits or a pervasive magical force called mana that is the lifeblood of the earth. And spirits are manifestations of mana uh, that are also how that, you know, govern, govern the classical elements and use of magic. And in Tales of Fantasia, one of the earliest quests that you have to do is find the uh, three... No, the, the four main elemental spirits, uh, Ifrit, Undine, Sylph, and Gnome, and use the four together to summon Maxwell, the Lord of Spirits. And Maxwell is named after James Clerk Maxwell, uh, a famous physicist that uh, helped to define the anatomy of the atom. And, uh, and Maxwell has powers over matter and space in Tales of Fantasia. 
But uh, it, it, those four elemental spirits I mentioned first, and and many many others that some of which came later, are in a lot of the Tales games. And meeting elemental spirits, having characters that can summon them or channel them for magic spells, is a very recurring thing. And in Tales of Exilia, uh, like everyday people can use mana all the time. Like they try to they try to channel Ifrit to, or, or, or let's say a a, a worker in the street in Femmont would channel Ifrit to cast a little fire spell to light the lamps uh, at night. And um, all of the people that work at the medical school and hospital with Jude channel uh, channel their own mana to cast healing spells, or uh, they're called arts most of the time in uh, Tales of Games. So Tales of Exilia is a world where using elemental spirits and partnering with elemental spirits is common, um, but there's something in the town Jude lives in that is draining huge amounts of mana and possibly killing the spirits. So Mila, acting as either Maxwell himself or representative of Maxwell, wields the four great elemental spirits, can has crazy magic powers, and she's storming the laboratory in Fenmont to destroy this, uh, this mana-draining machine called a Spyrex. And Jude runs into her because he's looking for his missing professor, who's, uh, who's late, who's, uh, late for an appointment, and uh, accompanies her into this laboratory with armed guards, and he sees his professor hooked up into a chamber, and uh, and his his body's disintegrated, ostensibly used to power the Spyrex, which is you know horrifies Jude immediately. And Mila, who's a little bit a little bit uh, impersonal, a little bit <laughs> uh, uh, emotionless, uh, is focusing on destroying the Spyrex. Um, uh, the four summoned spirits accidentally get sucked into it, but Mila is able to to take a key out of the machine and escape with Jude. Uh, and then our story continues. Uh, they, they managed to escape to a sea haven on the next continent over accompanied by a mercenary named Alvin, who seems to ha- decide to help them almost at random. So, okay. That was a long monologue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but that's like the first 45 minutes. So it's yeah, not that long. That's the first, the first 45 <laughs> minutes or so. So, uh, but, but there's a lot of recurring tales of things here, like, like uh, humans um, damaging the environment with over-industrialization or, or a machine of war. That's been in multiple tales games, including tales of Fantasia, uh, having the elemental elemental spirits and Maxwell and, and a character who is clearly going to uh, betray you or at least have a hidden agenda because <laughs> I mean, it, it yeah. is so obvious with Alvin. I don't, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. He's either working for the Rajagal government or the Ojul government or uh, that weird group that uh, Jiao is part of. He's, he's in one of those three for sure. And, uh, and informing and, and yeah. some kind of informants, but I do not know what it is yet. I, am, am I, am I warm Zach? <laughs> no, you're, you're totally on, you're yeah, totally on it. And I think that they make it, even before they they reveal it for real, <clears throat> they make it very obvious that Alvin is the classic Tales of traitor, um, more than other games that I've played. <laughs> Several Tales games have a traitor. Sometimes it's a bit of a surprise. Sometimes it really isn't. Um, all the way uh, going famously, one of the main cast in Tales of Destiny, the second Tales game, betrays the party, and they even make fun of him. Like whenever his equipment shows up in a later Tales game, the the other you know the the other that the character wearing it thinks thoughts of betrayal and stuff. It's it's. They, they, they get really good about yeah, super it. Super funny. And when, and, when, and when he and uh and uh the mask is even called like the mask of Judas eventually, <laughs> being a little heavy handed with the naming of it. Uh, hopefully that's not a spoiler from a game from uh, twenty five years ago. But oh, there we go. I know. 
Still want that. I still want that <laughs> PS2 Tales of Destiny director's cut to come out. I, I, I Tales of Destiny plays like it's it's walking through molasses. So I, I never finished it, but it has a genuinely pretty good story, and I, I want that PS2 remake so bad. It looks, it looks so. It's good. always one I wanted to play. My, my dream is to make a billion dollars and found a localization studio to bring like Tales of Destiny remake and Tales of Rebirth to the to the world. <laughs> it's a very weird specific dream, I know, but alas, here we are. But it, it, yeah, the, there's these recurring um, tales themes of a classic anime betrayal and an environmental story where the where you know um, spirit users are good, technology users users are bad, but there's good and bad people on both sides and multiple agendas, and characters will have their ideals challenged and changed. All of this is is you've pretty much described the entire plot of Tales of Zillia so nicely done. Yeah, well, it, 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 it is, it, I mean, again, I've only played the first quarter or so of Tales of Exilia, but uh, like all of these are such classic Tales things that just seeing the machinations take place makes feels nostalgic and fun to me. Um, and uh, but the other thing that maybe is a classic part of Tales that we that fans would associate with the games are well, you know, two things one is an is overcomplicated new words and systems like. I mean, I've already thrown around Spyrix and and Maxwell Spirits and Neocara and stuff, but the t- to the Tale series is maybe the king of made up RPG ass words. Uh, like every game has them. Um, like you know, people play that played Legendia will remember Eris and Aaron, and uh, and people that played Vesperia might remember Blastias. Like there's just there's there's stupid made up language and magic technology in every Tales game. But the other thing is the combat. Uh, dating back to Tales of Fantasia, there is. Uh, a really good action-oriented combat that feels at times like a fighting game, at times like a complete uh, clown fiesta of uh, of spell effects and slashing sounds. But uh, I-, I believe starting with Eternia, almost every Tales game has is also multiplayer in combat. Um, regrettably, Tales of Arise, the most recent one, removed the multiplayer. At, I think as a consequence to get the game released in a timely manner. Um, but a lot of the Tales games have frantic combat, a lot of them have multiplayer, and almost always they're fun and unique to each Tales game. So, uh, Audra, this is your first Tales game. I'm sorry I've been over-talking everyone this episode already, but w- what was your early impressions of the of the action in Tales? I'm sorry, Tales of Exilia. I quite liked it. I mean, the combat, it's fast, it's fluid, and it really, I mean, like, the whole linking concept was fun just figuring out how to link the characters together and how to perform their special moves. Yeah, and um, that linking concept, I think, makes uh, Tales of Exilia maybe the best two-player Tales game of memory because it, you, you have four characters at once in, in, in combat, and in Tales of Exilia, but not previous ones, you can link two together. So let's say um, uh, Jude and Mila can be linked together and Alvin and Elise can be linked together. And when two characters are linked together, the character in the link that you're not controlling will automatically try to surround the enemy you're attacking and do special moves mm-hmm. during your combo to make the com- basically it's it it makes pairs of characters stronger and creates some pretty functional AI situations and gives them extra special moves. And if you're really yes. if, you're, yeah. if you're really good at this, and I am not yet, you can do a, a combo that's three or four hits then do a special move. Then if your meter is full enough, you can hit R2 and have them do an enhanced team special move. And then in the blink right after that, you can perform another special move and have it be executed immediately after. And if you have a bunch of linked moves uh, uh, equipped at once and connect at once, you can... Oh, and, and while you're in over-limit mode, mode, if your meter's high enough, you can uh, you can do those linked special moves over and over instead of, instead of one at a time. Uh, 
you can get some pretty disgusting combos going if you have a, a, a good setup and good timing mm-hmm. of, and of which i have neither yet <laughs> <laughs> you know i didn't either uh, but i did go ahead i'm sorry audra uh, it, it takes practice. I've just started getting better at the syncing up the combos myself. <laughs> and, and also each character has a different, um, I mean, of course they play differently and if they have different moves and different fighting styles and different speeds, like Jude is probably the fastest character in the game. Unless unless Leia is a real speed demon, I haven't I haven't recruited her yet. She's quick, but she's not as quick as Jude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jude, Jude's a fast yeah. boy. Uh, like each character has a different type of enemy that they're that they're good against. Like uh, like Jude is really good at scoring not knockdowns and dodging around, like flipping around to the enemy's back and uh, and and doing quick uh, back steps for for evasion. Um, Mila can chain her elemental spells into melee versions very easily. And uh, so she's able to get a, like almost any element of attack that you want in a link. And then she and Jude have a zillion links together. I think the game mm-hmm. is trying to tell you, hey, whether you prefer Mila or Jude, like link them together because they're real good. Yeah. <laughs> There's also an ability that Jude has called Palm Strike that causes stun like very frequently. And every time you stun an enemy and you're linked with Mila, she like binds them in place. And so if you just like literally spam Palm Strike, which spoiler alert, I did it over 9,000 times in this game. Um, your enemies won't move. So oh, yeah, not sure I have, you should definitely chain them together. I'm not sure I have <laughs> Palm Strike yet, but no, if you get if you get enemies into a stun state with Jude, and probably Palm Strike does that instantly, Mila will mm-hmm. uh, uh, bind their movements and give you free hits. Yep. Um, Alvin's, uh, Alvin's move, uh, if you link with him, is a guard break. So like if you so if, if yeah. you if you attack a garden a guarding enemy enough times while you're linked with Alvin, he'll do a follow up move that instantly breaks them. And and Alvin's moves, if you're controlling Alvin, he uses a big sword in one hand and a gun in the other. If you hold down the, these the circle button, the special move button, after you finish a special move, he'll connect his gun to his sword and then do an explosive finisher to it. And so like like every character has these unique bits about them, whether you're controlling them or you're controlling someone else and are linked to them. That makes the possibilities pretty insane. Uh, Elise, who jo- is the character that joined me, well, not most recently, but uh, who joined me pretty recently, uh, is a little girl with a doll. She has some healing spells and some light elemental spells, I think. Uh, and maybe she learns more later, but I haven't used her a ton. Her follow-up move is her crazy talking doll will munch on the enemy and heal... Uh, both her and her partner's HP and TP a little bit, so she so she allows you to re- regenerate your TP more quickly, uh, and and TP Tipo yeah Tipo which kind of sounds like TP already like, <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> Tipo's good at regenerating TP. Who who'd have thunk? But uh, TP is the game's uh, like en- uh, energy resource, which might be MP or SP in a, or or PP in a different uh, RPG. And some Tales games are notorious for having for having you run low on TP all the time and and like and like huffing uh, orange gels like they're Tic Tacs. This game does a pretty good job of get of giving yeah. you more ways of regenerating TP. Like if I'm ever super low on TP, I'll just you know oh, I'll do two combos without TP and then suddenly I'm back at seventy five percent again, which is way way better than how Tales of the Abyss does it. Trust me on this one. Um, yeah, I mean, even from Vesperia, which is actually one of the reasons that I got frustrated with that game, was like, I just like I was running out of TP constantly. Like if I was just like doing arts every once in a while, I was just like burning through gels. Whereas here, by the end of the game, at least TP is irrelevant. And even halfway, quarter of the way through, like you are, like there are easy ways to management. And there's so many skills you can put on that regenerate it, um, that it, eventually it's not an issue to the point to where it's like almost irrelevant. And it seems like it shouldn't be there. Um, 
but you know, it's I, I still liked it better than just constantly throwing down orange gels. As Having to restore, as yeah. yeah. The, the game has a sim, has a skill system that's a little bit like uh, Final Fantasy X Sphere Grid called the Lilium Orb, where every time you level up, you can put points into the Lilium Orb. They give you skills that you can equip, but you can't equip every single skill at once because there's a skill point limitation. But uh, a lot of those skills will do things like improve your guarding, uh, giving you extra hits in your combo, or finding ways to regenerate HP or TP. And uh, the, regen the, the TP regeneration in Exilia is way faster than previous Tales games. And um, the the game right before Exilia, Tales of Graces, didn't really have TP at all. They had a system called AC, where which is or attack combo or attack count maybe, where basically there uh, you would have a, a fixed AC and comboing enemies would count down, but hitting a weakness or a critical hit or doing a special skill will oh. increase the AC count. So, so it's basically like Tales of Versarius then? Yes, yes. Um, okay, Tales of Exilia cool. combines the old TP system with the AC system, basically giving you both, but having TP regenerate rapidly. And um, from uh, from after Exilia, or maybe after Exilia 2, I haven't played Exilia 2, perhaps, obviously. Exilia 2 uses the same system, I think. Yeah, I, okay, so after basically. so after Exilia 2, maybe starting with Zestiria, uh, Tales games abandon TP and focus on a combo-driven system like AC. Uh, there's no TP in... Uh, well, actually, no, there, okay, there is a system sort of like TP in Tales of Arise, but it's only for healing spells... Uh, so you don't so you, so you don't have infinite healing spells basically like th there's a shared TP that the whole party uh -huh. uses for healing spells wh whether it's in menu or in combat so that uh, you are limited by TP a little a little bit and still need orange gels in Tales of Arise but it's it's strictly for for healing while all while the com while all the fighting and all the spells are strictly driven by your combo so Tales games used to have a problem with with uh with MP resources. And it became less and less of a problem to now that they don't—they barely have it anymore. And Tales of Exilia is right in the middle of that bridge, <laughs> of of leaving yeah. of leaving TP. Uh, but they, but I think the system in general works. Like I, like you're able to use your coolest spells or attacks most of the time. And if you can't, then you just need to go to your over limit gauge or for one battle or so. Don't use much TP, and it will come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, only in like very occasionally long drawn out battles did my item usage like, you know, I say like below 20%, please use orange gel. Did that even trigger? Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I think it works well. I, I will admit that I think that the CP system in Arise is better, but it's the combat in Arise is incredible, right? See, so, that's what they're called. Um, yeah, it's combo points, but but here it's yeah. it, here it's called AC in, in Exilia, but CP, I think it's CP in Graces and Arise, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I know it is. It, CP is just that healing pool. Yeah, and um, right. Oh. Overall, I think it's great. I, I think that um, maybe it's just my inclination towards breaking things, but like, I just want like the easiest way out. And Zillia presents you with a lot of ways and a lot of options to just like spam the same move over and over and over again. And I really like that. But I could see some people being like annoyed by how easy that can make the game but you know that that's like a me problem personally so i really enjoyed it i mean the classic tales of combo is a couple regular attacks then a basic art then an advanced art and then you find a way to have your partners continue the combo and then you start from a basic attack again and in Tales of Exilia, they flip that around a little bit with this link system, where it's more like regular attack, base art, link into a linked art, and then try to continue the link chain until you can get back to basic attacks. And it's 
again, I haven't unlocked all the characters even. And uh, so I, I know there's many, many more Link skills to learn. But so far, it feels pretty good. And I have not been remotely challenged by a boss yet. But I know that there's going to be some HP sponge or some, you know, man mountain of health that can that has minions and everything that will be a problem going forward. But, but right now, I'm doing okay. Zach, did, was any part of Exilia really challenging? I mean, you, you mentioned a couple of them forced you to go into your item resources again, but like, was there anything that was really a gameplay wall, like like the wolf in Vesperia? No, not nothing like that. Um, there was maybe one or two regular battles that like I had characters die during. <laughs> um, but other than that, no. And I, I did, I, I mean, I do it all the way through the post game for this. And even like the biggest challenge post game boss, like I didn't have to level up. I didn't have to, I literally, my combo system in this game was I hit circle over and over again, palm strike, palm strike, palm strike. <laughs> and if you've played Zillia before, you might be familiar with that. Um, and so no, this game, this game is actually very easy. And I kind of maybe wish I'd played it on hard for that reason, but I kind of like breezing through it too. The, the dirty secret about Tales of Symphonia is that the, the least cool character, Colette, learns a move called Parabol, where if you just keep pressing circle with Parabol, you will beat that game. It's, it's like <laughs> for some, what I did in this game. Like, like, <laughs> but like the fifth spell she learns is somehow good for the entire game. But so like maybe Palm Strike is the Parabol of, uh, of Tales of Exilia. <laughs> when i was playing the symphonia with people in my college dorm i was like i got like the last pick of characters so i didn't get to use the sword boy lloyd or the uh or the the, the magic sword guy zelos or anything like i got i got the 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 weird girl that threw discs and had and had like and and basically she had spells kind of like elise where she could summon a big hammer and stuff but when i learned the spiked ball parabol spell it's like oh I'm suddenly the MVP of every fight. What happened? <laughs> but <laughs> um, uh, uh, Tales of Exilia, is com combat is a sort of an interesting crossroads of Tales of Combat. I'm enjoying figuring it out as a Tales of fan, and I'm also enjoying it just because it's good and functional and does what I want most of the time. But, but uh, Audra, you have all six characters now, right? Yes. Okay, so I, I have not found the sixth character yet. I'm uh, I I very recently got Rowan, the fifth character. Uh, do you have a favorite to control? Mila at the moment. I use Windblade a lot. <laughs> so you'll you'll equip your strongest wind spell, but then add it the, as the combo instead of hold down the circle button. So it's you know you'll finish Windblade or link Windblade into something else. Yeah. Cool. Mila looks super. I, I I'm again. I'm the sort of guy who just like wants to press the easy button on video games. But Mila looks super fun to play. I think like they all do, honestly. Um, like Leia, the character you don't have yet. I'm not really getting any of the way here. No, it's um, fine. You, so. you know, I I I care the least about spoilers <laughs> out of it's, just it's a, out of real soon. yeah out of just about anyone that I know. <laughs> but her um, link art. Um, if you knock someone down, she basically steals an item every single time. Oh, yes, um, and it's incredibly She's, cool. That That's probably great. That's probably great with <laughs> Jude because I get knockdowns with him all the time. Exactly. And so if you link her with Jude, um, you're getting an, all those items you need to upgrade shops, which we haven't talked about yet. She's great, great for that. I mean, I feel like everybody feels different. Rowan feels like sort of a classic Tales of caster. Um, I, but, I, I, fought, um, I, I fought maybe two fights with Rowan so far. But yeah. I love that he conducts with his sword like a baton when, he, when he's casting yeah. spells. Like, that is just great. It's phenomenal. And, and the reasons behind it are even cooler. Rowan's a great character. The great characters yeah, are great. Rowan is an awesome. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I love how Tales games will have an old man character, but the old man will be like 30. 
Like, I love that he's actually old this time. Yeah, he's like 60. Exactly. <laughs> like, 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 like Clarth is the old man in Tales of Fantasia, and he's 28. And Raven is the old man in Tales of Vesperia, and he's 35, which I am older. I feel attacked by that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'm older than 35, <laughs> and I hate everything about that. But this time, they have an old man RPG character that's actually an old man, and he's a cool old man. Like, like Strago's exactly. coming back, baby. This is great. <laughs> Bring, give us more old ladies and or at least middle aged men and women in RPGs. I, I love to see it every time. I, just... Right, it's one of the reasons Yakuza Like a Dragon is such a great game. Yeah, we got wait. Oh yeah, because like the youngest character, well, the youngest character in that are uh, Sayako and uh, the, the the two women in your party are like twenty five, but uh, all right. of the men in the party are at least thirty, at least thirty eight. Like they're between thirty eight and sixty, and that that's great. I love that. I love that. Actually, you know. Uh, hmm. Jun Gihan might be younger than that, but he's he's so handsome. I, I'll forgive him for anything. Uh, <laughs> but okay, uh, back to Tales of Exilia. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe maybe we should do Like a Dragon Revisited one of these days because I, I, <laughs> I love that game so much. Um, but uh, uh, so at the outset, we have this uh, world dominated by mana and spirits. Uh, Jude and Mila go on the run. They're accompanied by Alvin. They go to us. They go to the other continent. Uh, the two big continents in this game. Are uh, well, the world is called Rismaxia, and you hear that world that word about a thousand. I heard that word probably twenty times before I realized it was the name of the world and not the name of a country. Uh, and the two big countries and opposite continents are Rashigal and Ojul. Um, Rashigal is where uh, Jude's from. Ojul is where Mila's from. Uh, they've had, uh, I think, they've had wars in the past, but are now sort of in some kind of ceasefire. There's not like an active conflict going on right now, but they the two countries definitely don't love each other. Um, Rajagal is dominated by an empire centered in Fenmont. Ojul is dominated more by sort of separate clans that are a little bit more independent of one another than what's going on. Mm, there's a king that. Okay, there's king of Ojul. But, of oh, yeah. well. but, but they did mention that there was a clan system in Ojul and, yes. uh, and an empire in Rajagal where the mm-hmm. noble houses of Rajagal have been sort of stamped, stomped on by the, by the empire. Because uh, yes, that, that's accurate. Yeah, the, the the city where I am in now, or or just left, was Sherylton, which was uh, ruled by the Sherrill family, which is one of the six uh, six uh, noble houses of Rajagal. But they are they are definitely getting bullied by or worse by the king or by the empire emperor. Mm-hmm. Is is is, the, is he an emperor or a king in Rajagal? I'm pretty sure he's an emperor. It, I, you know, I, I should know. His name is Noctigal. Yeah, Noctigal. Um, this feels like one of those JRPG uh, kingdoms are good, empires empires bad kind of uh, tones. A little bit early on. Um, I definitely think that one is probably better than the other, but neither of them are really nice guys. Yeah, that's totally fair. That, that's the case in some older Tales games as well, which we don't yeah. we, we don't need to revisit necessarily. Uh, including Tales of the, the Abyss, which we've done two episodes of Retro Encounter on. But uh, in, in general, they escape to Ojul. They uh, visit Mila's uh, hometown, which is uh, very uh, religiously focused. They worship Mila like a goddess because when she was born as a human baby, uh, she was, I'm not sure if she's if she is Maxwell or is a human woman who- I think who, it's who's, story. Yeah, I, I, I need to play more of the story. Our, our understanding is that she is Maxwell. Yeah, our understanding she is- she is actually yeah, Max, Maxwell. Yeah, her understand, our understanding is that she is actually Maxwell. But because she's so naive of the world and has and, and clearly said multiple times to have existed as a human for 20 years, my feeling is that she was a human baby that was, and the spirit of Maxwell's inside her. She's some kind of avatar of Maxwell. But it's 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 something like that. It's not 100 percent clear to me where I am in the story right now. But she has been 
blessed by the spirits from birth. So she has Ifrit, uh, Sylph, Undine, and Gnome, like basically hanging out her like around her like her friends. And because of the power of the great four spirits filling her, she never had a need to sleep or eat or uh, or probably poop. But I don't think that they mentioned that in a skit yet. <laughs> maybe maybe they did, and I missed <laughs> they it. They do not. Um, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise it, me if they did, but they haven't. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, but when she loses her powers at that Spyrix uh, event, is it Spyrinx or Spyrix? Spyrinx. Spyrix. Spyrix. Okay, I'm I'm just the worst at remembering words. Uh, Oh, my, my brain is uh, is basically the scene from the kitchen in Ratatouille where there's mice running the entire thing, scampering around. Um, hey, but they make some brilliant food, so that's all that matters. No, the, that, uh, that vegetable medley they make did look amazing. But anyway. Ah, yes. <laughs> but uh, back to Tales of Exilia. Um, so when she loses the, the Great Four, or the, they're sucked into the sp- Spyrix, or appear to have been sucked up into the Spyrix, she suddenly is a regular human. I mean, she still can use magic, because a lot of humans can channel spirits and use magic in this world, but she does. she's not, like, superhuman anymore, and is discovering things like hunger and, exha- and exhaustion for the first time. And uh, she's doing it in a, in a way that's, I think, sort of endearing. Like, she seems to really enjoy eating and sleeping mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that's pretty funny. And uh, is accept accepting, she accepts that she no longer has the powers, but she still wants to complete her mission and and you know live up to her name as Maxwell. So she's she's not um she doesn't have a horrible personality, but she sometimes is a little bit naive or or lacking understanding in a way that comes across as rude or mean. But she's but she's learning, and we're we're seeing her learn as the game goes on. And uh, and mm-hmm. Jude, who sort of accidentally stumbled into assisting her in Fenmont. And becoming a fugitive against his will, instead of like turning her in or uh, fighting back, he's sort of going along with it, going, "Well, what she seems, what she wants to do seems to be important, and I, I guess in for a penny, in for a pound." Uh, so she's <laughs> it, he's sort of accompanying her, and my you know dumb romance brain is thinking, "Oh, Jude likes Mila, but Mila doesn't know yet." Like so, uh, so, so that's that's what I'm thinking is going on, and and that's I think going to be part. A, a big part of the journey going forward, Mila learning about humanity, Jude continuing to help her and being maybe the goodiest do-gooder in the whole series since Lloyd, at least. Uh, yeah, I, Jude is my least favorite character of the six by a pretty wide margin because of that. <laughs> Whereas Mila, I like her like sort of cool, calm, collected demeanor, which makes her really funny sometimes. Alvin is sort of like your classic playboy. Um, he's very funny, but he's got um, outside of the things you've already guessed, he's got some really interesting things about him. I, I like the whole cast, except for Jude is a little too squeaky clean. He is for me. he is a little um, bit too vanilla ice cream. Like I like I yeah. I don't I don't hate him, but he's the least interesting flavor, really. Uh, yeah. I, I, like he makes Reen look interesting, honestly. So that's, oh that's, boy. oh that's that's I don't know I don't know who that's ruder towards, really. <laughs> that's the that lowest be. blow that I think that, I've that, ever that's, given. That's pretty mean. Um, <laughs> um I, I I don't love Alvin because that's not my favorite kind of character. There's a bunch of there's some other Tales characters like him uh everyone will compare him to zelos from uh, symphonia probably and he because he's so obviously uh working with another agenda i'm almost i'm just rolling my eyes whenever he's whenever he's like oh uh don't 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 tell Mita that i that i asked you about her secrets don't just just forget about it buddy like like when he, when he does something like it's like come on man you're you're even bad about being a nonchalant spy yeah um, but i kind of <laughs> like that <laughs> i'm so and, and and he is given some real 
flavor and some real depth in ways that I thought were really, because early on, I agree with you, like my girlfriend, I was playing it with her or in front yeah. of her and she loves Alvin. I'm like, he's like, whatever. Um, like, I, I get this trope. I get it. All right. I was like, um, and I play it more, I play it more. I'm like, okay, this. you're pretty cool. You're pretty cool. Never mind. I, I like his character arc probably as much as anyone in this game. And I think a lot of them have really good ones. My favorite thing about Alvin is his giant oversized black scarf that he has tucked into his shirt. It's, it's, it's very stylish. It's basically like a cape that he wears in the front instead of the back, which reminds me of, of the giant tie that the main character of Disgaea 2 has. So yeah, for a very stupid reason that my I have one thing I like I really like about Alvin. Um, uh, Elise is a character that you meet in the second or third town of the game where she is locked in a shed for unclear reasons and bullied by the townsfolk, but uh, also has a protector named Zhao, who is both the person protecting her from the townsfolk and the person keeping her locked in the shed. So there's definitely something there about Elise and Zhao and mm -hmm. others that we don't that I don't know yet, and I'm looking forward to find out. But finding out. But Jude helps uh, free Elise and has her. Can join we the talk party. about the way Zhao walks before we move on? Oh yeah, how he because the way Zhao walks is absolutely hilarious. Kind of with his entire body. <laughs> he, he's he's a, very, yes. a very very large yeah. man, but he he walks with huge <laughs> steps and and like every part of his body animates with every step, including his two pronged beard, which is you know, yeah. a, a beard. <laughs> You know, uh, like like sort of shaped like some of those barbecue tongs that split in the middle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or maybe maybe like a pair of kitchen scissors is how I would, I would describe uh, uh, Jiao's beard. Um, I, uh, Fourth of July was recently, so I maybe I'm, I have I have cookouts on the mind. Um, but uh, and and Jen Jiao is also part of the group. Um, you meet a woman. Uh, at the beginning of the game in that laboratory, the first boss fight of the game, a, a woman uh, in a red dress. Who is uh, uh, working with the peop with the human experimentation? And then, uh, it, it, when you're journeying to Niakara, uh, Mila's hometown, you find another woman who's wearing a you know some kind of ridiculous split dress. And when and when Jude comments yes. that she's sexy, Alvin's like, Jude, I didn't think you had it in you. Which I which was amusing. I, 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 like that, that of all our JRPG costumes, hers defies gravity more than most. Yes, yeah. No, the, the, we're, we're talking. <laughs> yes, it's quite a yeah, if, it, if it's a spectrum of um unne uh, unnecessarily, you know, like unnecessarily cut dresses, this might be the worst in the game. And and and, and Mila's got you know fishnets and a and a mini skirt, and she's got and, mm -hmm. and again hair that is impossible. So. She, the, no one's exactly innocent but that's because sylph i think did her hair oh yeah sylph did her hair and and, and probably <laughs> there's wind magic keeping it in place <laughs> um See, at least they explain it this time yeah for, for, for <laughs> tales of berseria like why uh velvet velvet's hair is as insane as it is and why she keeps her torn prison clothes for most of the game is never very well explained because she had to look as much like mila as possible they are totally like the exact same character design it's amazing mila to velvet <laughs> there is some uh visual dna there shared a little bit but i but i, I enjoy both mila and velvet so i'm, I'm i can't say I you know i'm not i'm not trying yeah. to uh, mila yeah, is please awesome don't call me a prude <laughs> but um uh and uh elise is uh she she's dressed conservatively sort of like a gothic lolita style she's um, a very meek girl jude frees her from the town only because he is someone that if someone's suffering, he has to help them because, again, of his uh, justice and goodness obsessed personality. At first, Mila's kind of mad that she just took along a stranger for no reason. But Elise is so happy to be welcomed as part of a group that she immediately tries to help people. And she's like, hey, I can I can cast spells, too. And then Mila comes down and is like, all right, if you can fight in the party, then I guess you can join the team. Um, 
I mean, she also has a floating talking doll accompanying her. Yep. We, yeah, we, brought, we, we mentioned <laughs> yeah, Tipo before. And Tipo is, you know, a lot of Tales games have ridiculous cartoon mascots that are there for reasons unclear. And Tipo uh, checks that box uh, nicely. Um, and I, I, I don't mind uh, Alvin and Elise in the party. Like, Alvin's like a very slow Tales swordsman, while Mila's it, right mm-hmm. is exactly walking the line between Tales swordsman and Tales mage. Mm-hmm. And, and Elise is a, a kind of Tales mage sort of like Annis from Abyss or Colette from Symphonia where she has unusual light or darkness magic. So like the party was filling out nicely and we're in the first four hours of the game or so. And then uh, right after Mila goes to her hometown, she attempts to summon the four again. It fails. She realizes that the four are trapped and not just, and not simply gone temporarily. So her plan is to return to Fenmont and crash the laboratory again, which, you know, will probably go poorly if she goes alone. So Jude and Alvin agree to stay with her. Although Alvin does so for reasons that are that feel like total BS. He's he's like mm-hmm. yeah, it's obvious to me he's staying with the group to keep tabs on them and feed information back to a third party. And I do not know what the third party is yet, but I'm sure he has his, Alvin has his own agenda. We I don't want to repeat myself. Uh and and Jude is doing it because he's telling Mila he just wants to help her, but he's telling the audience, I have a crush on Mila. And I am I, I am just fine about that. You know, this sounds great to me. We missed the worst character in this game, though, who is Ivar. Oh, Ivar. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, yes. Yeah, Ivar is Mila's we... caretaker. Or Did we miss him? Or, 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 <laughs> him made, I guess they called him. And... He is so overprotective of Mila and definitely weirdly attracted to her and distrustful of everyone and and has come comedic overreactions to everything that I was so glad when he didn't join in my party. Oh, my God. If he had joined the party, this would have plummeted down my rank, my internal ranking. games. (laughs) Apparently, he's the one who also designed Mila, according to Mila. He designed her clothes, her clothes. Yeah, her outfits. Yeah. 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 Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, he did. (laughs) So we know that at least he's a he's a legs guy. Uh, we can we can we can confirm that about Ivar. But uh, Elise joins after that failed summoning, um, and you meet Zhao, the third member of this mysterious group. That again, I'm not sure if they're with the kingdom of Rashigal or the kingdom of Ojul, or if they're a third party. Maybe uh, Alvin is reporting to them. I'm not sure, but there is definitely a shadowy group of, I think, five or six people that those three uh, early boss fights are part of. Um, you, you fight Zhao as you're trying to escape to the next town. Um, again, Zhao was uh, uh, Elise's guardian in that uh, orchard village of rude people. I really mm-hmm. like that moment after you beat him too, where he, because um, Zhao seems like he's probably a villain at this point, right? Like he's keeping her captive. He's obviously part of this secret organization. Um, but after they beat him in the fight, because um, he's basically like trying to bring Elise back. Um, to the town. Oh yeah. He says like you know you know don't don't ever leave don't never leave your friends. Um, maybe she needs to be with other people. Like you can see like that caring it might relationship be good for her. that he yeah. has yeah. with her. And I think that's really interesting. You can tell that he was trying to protect her, even though he and he probably knew that she hated being locked up in a shed in a town where she didn't know anybody. He knows her past, or at least something about her that the audience doesn't know yet. Um, but he's he's definitely willing to fight the party to have her return to him. So I don't know what his deal or Elise's deal yet, and I know it'll come forward. And this is not the first or even the fifth shadow organization you're dealing with in a Tales of game. Like in Tales of the Abyss, there are six. There's a group of six enemies called the God Generals that 
almost one for one correspond to members of your party <laughs> like in, in in which one has a connection to the other and uh, which one is definitely going to have a duel or a showdown later um a similar deal with the uh, uh with, with the with the different um rulers of each kingdom in tales of arise like like there this game this series loves giving you like a team of enemies that will obviously be boss fights later and sort of giving them each personalities and motivations that are fun to explore like it reminds me of like a 1980s super sentai series in a way that that gladdens me very much like it's ridic ridiculous numbered or named teams of enemies i, I love it every time so yeah so this game well. this game has it all it has it has good combat it has interesting characters it has anime betrayals it has numbered groups of enemies it has romance this is an absolutely uh solosi ass game and i'm looking forward to finishing it uh, the, the you know what we haven't really mentioned him that much. The old man Rowan, you meet uh, right after the Jiao boss fight. He is a caretaker for a young woman named Rizel. Uh, we we talked about Sherilton a little bit. I'm I'm a little bit after the events of Sherilton is where I am in the game, and I, I like Rowan a lot, but I have only used him a couple times. Uh, the last character is named Leia. We've mentioned her a few times. Uh, she's the thief of your party. Uh, she's very quick. She can auto steal items. Uh, and we sh the item system in this game. Every shop in this game is identical, but by but by donating items to the shop, like material style items, you level up the shop as you go, <laughs> which is really interesting. Like I, I sort I, I in a way it feels like cutting corners. Like they couldn't give us a unique shop in every village, but in a way it's like I wish I could upgrade every shop in every RPG because I just love leveling up things more than anything. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and then you don't have to backtrack if you need. Something yeah, you can just you could just specific. yeah just go to the nearest shop or the the shop nearest to where you are and uh and um and and some some shops like it changes every time but like every time you go into a village the uh the weapon shop will get you double points for ore and maybe the armor shop will give you double points for bird items like feathers or eggs and you can just sort of like oh I'll just hold on to my items until I get double points on something and just only donate when I have double points to do this more efficiently. Like, like again, being a person that, or maybe three people at RPGFan.com, what do we love more than leveling up things and opening treasure chests, exactly. right? Those are, those are way, up, way high up on things that we love to do in video games. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of systems. The combat's pretty elaborate. Uh, the story is, is and characters are pretty good so far, even though they really do fit in a number of anime tropes or tales of boxes. But I'm having a great time. Um, Zach, well, I'll ask you this question in the next episode as, as well. But uh, your overall impression of Tales of Exilia was pretty positive, right? Yeah, I mean, I, um, and I I agree with you. I think that they talking about those systems of leveling up. Um, there's like an area outside of Niakara that you can go and just run around and you can easily break that shop system very early on. Um, strongly recommend. It's like the flood meadows or something. Oh, is it? Um, uh, don't fight any of the enemies. They will kill you. Um, oh, but if you go and grab resources, you'll get, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get end game oh, yeah. or, or late game resources early on. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mid game maybe, but it's still, it's good. That's around where I think Audra is at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I yeah. think that it has enough different systems in place that you feel like you're constantly, have have the ability to level up i like the um and that's that sphere grid system what's it called again uh the lilium orbs lilium, lilium orb. orb system yep. i like that i like that you can kind of customize your characters but you also have to get like all the stats to kind of make those orbs larger as time goes um but really for me like it boils down to the cast um like it's it's a tales of game right um and i think that the cast even though they are all driven by anime tropes 
especially if you do some of the sub events or like some of the sub quests that you can do later in the game. Oh, geez. The, the sub quests um, and the skits really, yeah, they really, and the skits and, the, and I think especially the sub events in a lot of cases, like they will tell you like enormously important information about like their past and who they are. Um, and I think that it fills them out really nicely. Um, I think the game could maybe use some work on the very la- last portions, which we'll talk about, but I think that it's unique. It's well-paced. It's got great characters. The combat's fun. Um, I think it's a rock solid RPG. Now, Audra, I want to get to you in a second, but I want to do mention one thing about the skit system. Uh, skits are optional dialogue. Again, Audra and Zach, of course, you know this, but this is for the general audience. Skits are uh, optional dialogue that you can uh, get by pressing the select button at different points of the game. Sometimes they give you uh, nice little backstory bits. Sometimes they give, they're just telling a joke. Uh, like Alvin tries to tell a, a, an S&M sex joke to Jude. Mila overhears him, and instead of acting with horror she's like ah yes some people require this kind of physical pain for intimacy i read it in a book and it's like it's like but okay okay mila you're low-key a freak they're done pretty well here because you can uh page through them in some of the older tales games you couldn't skip through them and uh and then they weren't voiced in (laughs) in tales of the abyss or tales of symphonia so for for some older tales games you had to watch people mouth skits that were that clearly had a japanese voice track but not an english one (laughs) So I think it was maybe starting in Legendia or Vesperia, they started voicing them and making them better. And they even have a really dynamic manga style presentation to them in Tales of Arise, which I thought was really good. If you uh, remember how the how the skits played out, Zach, in Tales of Arise. Yeah, they're great. Um, the, um, I th- the dynamic elements of those I thought were great. At, at least with more recent Tales of games, these uh, skits and extra dialogue are really fun and rewarding because it, the characters are generally likable and the writing is generally good. So just getting more of those characters in writing is, uh, is a good time. But uh, Audra, uh, this is your first Tales of game. You're probably around halfway or past the halfway mark by now. Uh, what is your overall impression and what, what's maybe one one thing that you've enjoyed the most or almost the most? I really enjoyed, I'm really enjoying the game. I feel like it's, it builds upon itself. Like at first I was like, I wasn't quite sure about it at first because it seemed like they were either rushing things or going perhaps too slow. But once it hits the certain story point, it's really just, it keeps moving. And I just, I love it. I quite like it. And probably my favorite, I think Mila is a standout character, especially as they go into her more. Some tales of protagonists are more or less likable than others. But uh, I, I, even though Jude is a little boring, um, uh, I, I think that Mila and Jude are pretty good. Like they, they are on the I like these guys. Uh, I'm rooting for these two kids side of tales of protagonists. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know if we'll get quite as... Uh, satisfying a resolution to the romance as certain other tales games but uh i'm i am enjoying jude and mila as a duo and uh i'm, I'm again I, i'm a little bit past where i finished the game my abandoned playthrough from 10 years ago and i'm definitely gonna finish this one in time unless i get really distracted by monster hunter rise sunbreak so that's <laughs> which is a real danger but we'll, we'll see sure, so that's a pretty good possibility yeah we'll right? see we'll see how that we'll see how that uh, plays out because we, we are recording this in early ish july and i've had sunbreak for less than a week so <laughs> we'll, we'll see if i can you know focus on my lilium orbs more easily than my luga lunagaron sets but we'll i'm no guarantees although i i am enjoying tales of exilia and want to finish it but uh 
we have a lot of story to get through, a lot of uh, characters to get through, but we're going to save that for part two of our two-part Tales of Exilia um, mini-series. Um, thank you so much, Audra and Zach, for playing, agreeing to play with this game and uh, just talking about it with me. Zach, you uh, were playing this game, and then you finished this game before we before we scheduled the episode. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in about five days, <laughs> so I liked it. I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and that it's makes it even game. more encouraging for me going forward. Um, but and listeners, thank you for listening to us jab about uh, tales of Exilia for an hour plus. Um, if you and we, if you're interested in our other tales of episodes, we have two episodes on tales of Vesperia, two episodes on tales of the Abyss, and a couple uh, more specific tales of episodes like a our favorite tales game episode and our tales of fantasy draft from a couple years ago. Uh, all of those are in our previous 335 episodes of Retro Encounter from over the years. Um, but uh, let's, that's enough about Retro Encounter's past. Let's, let's talk about where we have going forward. Um, we are doing two episodes on Final Fantasy 13 in August. I have not planned out the rest of August yet. It's getting hard to schedule people, especially since people are you know going back to work from a summer break or on their summer vacations is, is a little weird. But I hopefully will have information on what's going on in august uh next week but if you want to but final fantasy 13 is definitely happening in the second half of august uh if you want to reach out to retro encounter to talk about uh, tales of exilia or final fantasy 13 or what we should play in august what else we should play in august uh you can email retro at rpgfan.com you can also visit rpg fans message boards our facebook page our discord our youtube our twitch probably more uh, our instagram probably more uh our twitter you know i should add that to that list here because i'm a little incomplete there's a lot of ways to interact with rpg fan and uh including listening to our podcast and engaging with us on those social media platforms but those other podcasts what are they we have random encounter every two weeks about randomness and rpg topics rhythm encounter every two weeks also uh, also every two weeks um on the weeks that random encounter doesn't air about rpg music and phoenix edge a podcast that has gone on a long hiatus, but they mostly focus on RPGs, topics, and current events. You can listen to Retro Encounter or those three other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify, or many other ways, however you normally listen to podcasts. If you can leave feedback, please do so, and please make it five stars. But if you want to leave us five-star feedback as individuals, not as a podcast, let's tell them how to do that, starting with you, Zach. I don't think anyone would ever want to do that. But um, if you want to get in contact with me, you can email me, ZachW at RPGFan.com, or you can find me on RPGFan's Discord at ZachW. How dare you, RPG Fan Quiz Show champion, demean yourself <laughs> in such a manner? It took me five tries, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Audra, um, a uh, worthy RPG Fan Quiz Show competitor, how can listeners find you? Yes. Um, Audra B at RPGFan.com Alright, and listeners, you've maybe heard me say this 250 plus times My name is Mike Solosi You can find me on Twitter at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times, and on RPG Fans Discord I am Monsoon Mike So I have some spirits to rescue some characters to recruit some uh, probably an empire to rebel against I have a lot of Tales of Exilia ahead of me but uh, I'm looking forward to it when I'm not hunting monsters Thank you. Good night. And good luck.